Hello listeners, welcome to the high performance clip for today. And we've got a clip for you from a recent interview we did with Richard Koch. If you don't know Richard, he is the author of the great and legendary book called The 80-20 Principle. If you have not read it, I highly recommend everybody go out and get that book right now. It is life-changing, business-changing, and anybody in business today really knows the principle. It can uh, make a huge, significant impact on how you operate on a day-to-day basis. Anyway, in this clip, Richard, who has invested and helped create billion-dollar companies, has not only through his principle, but through his actions in consulting and investment, has dumbed down very simply how to identify a billion dollar investment. And in the interview we did with Richard, he really says it's really quite simple and kind of what he says a foolproof way to make money if you focus on the things that he says, and especially when you hone in on what he's talking about today in the 80-20 of investing in what he calls a network business. Let's hop into it with Richard Kosh. I really want to talk about you. In the new edition of the 8020 Principle, you added four new chapters. One of them talks directly about networks and network businesses and how understanding these actually helped you change the way that you saw the 8020 Principle even a bit more. If you don't mind describing what a network and network business is in relation to your book, and then why anybody in the world would be crazy not to start one or not to work for one in today's world. I actually can do that with an example because when I made an investment in a betting exchange in 2001, this was a company called Betfair. It was a different kind of business because historically there had always been bookmakers of one sort or another, but but these are people who set the odds and then uh, basically charge you well over the odds for for that. You know, on a roulette wheel, particularly in America, where you have two zeros, Uh uh, there's a 5% profit margin for the house every time you spin the little ball because there are 38 numbers, Mm -hmm. uh, 36 real numbers, and two which are exclusively for the bank, the zero and the double zero. And so that means that the, the, the bank is taking all of that profit, whereas they should really be paying up 35 to one and not having any zero, zeros at all. Well, the same applied in horse racing, the same applied in a football match. Every type of betting would have an overround, as they call it. In other words, the profit for the bookmaker of between 10 and 20%. Right. And the guy I came across who'd invented that a guy called Bert Black, he invented a betting exchange. Well, in a way, a betting exchange was just like an electronic stock market. You might say, well, that, you know, that didn't take any inventing, did it? But of course, no one else had, had thought of the idea. But the great thing about that business was that it was a network business. Now, why was it a network business? In the first few years that the company existed, when I was a shareholder, the value of the company was going up many times every single year which helped my compound annual growth rate in assets obviously the company spent nothing on marketing zero zilch nada mm-hmm. yeah it was nothing how could they possibly grow and as they did in the early days of 30 40 50 percent a month not a year how could they do that because it was a network business and the the characteristic of a network business is that the more people there are in the network the more valuable it is. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the people who wanted to place bets on Betfair initially started out, but they had problems because not enough people were on the system, which meant that only about 60% of the time, 
could your bet be fulfilled? So you might post and say, I'm willing to take three to one against this particular horse or whatever it was. Well, only 60% of the time would that be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And Betfair realized that what, the, what they needed to do was to have more people on the system so that there could be more bets which were actually fulfilled and bigger bets as well. What happened was instead of trying to then tell everyone how wonderful a betting exchange was, they got the customers to do it. And indeed, they were one of the first people to really uh, get the art of getting other people to find customers. And they, both the new customer and the old customer, got some financial reward for that. But that wasn't the reason that most people wanted to get more people onto the system. It was because, firstly, they enjoyed it more. And mm-hmm. secondly, the more people there were, the better it would be for everyone. It's not just betting things. It's, I mean, for example, one fax machine is useless, one telephone is useless, but exponentially the value goes up the bigger the size of the network. And obviously this applies to social media as well. You know, you wouldn't post on Twitter. Maybe you shouldn't post anyway, but you wouldn't post on Twitter if there are only 10 people in the world who are on Twitter. But, right. you know, so, you know, the more people there are, the more valuable the thing becomes. And that's the characteristic of a network business. But one of the important corollaries of that is that you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money on marketing. A lot of the growth is self-generated by people finding other people who they persuade to be part of the system. Yeah. It's, a, it's a snowball and it just sort of, you know, rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls until, you know, something like Facebook consumes <laughs> half a population in Australia is on Facebook. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And you get that with network businesses. You know, a successful network business is always the leader in its niche and the niche is very high growth. Right. But it's an additional qualification. All Network businesses are or successful network businesses are star businesses, but not all star businesses are network businesses. And similarly, you know, most network businesses make use of the internet. Now, that wasn't always true, particularly when the internet did not exist. You still had network businesses. For example, Auto Trader, which started life yeah. as a magazine yeah. where you buy and sell cars. And it's basically the, the whole idea of classified advertising. Now, that's a situation where you have a different sort of network business because the buyers attract the sellers and the sellers attract the buyers. So, you know, it's more valuable to both sides the more there are. But there, there's, it's a two-sided marketplace. But if they're network businesses, they can grow very fast. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think anyone who invests in a business that isn't a network business or isn't on the internet or isn't a star business is absolutely nuts. <laughs> no, I understand because the potential for those are phenomenal. But do you think there's any unfilled niche for network businesses out there that you've seen that somebody should apply or somebody should fill? Oh, well, I, I'm not going to tell you about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I myself. Yeah. <laughs> of course, there are hundreds. Yeah. Uh, I come across them every day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you guys, there you have it with Richard Kosh honing in on how to identify billion-dollar investments, especially network investments. So I want to leave you with um, a few things. Remember, the more people in the network, the more valuable it is. We've seen this with social media and so many different apps that are out there today. The more people are on those apps, the more valuable it is. I've actually seen uh, rideshare apps where they pay you up to $100 just, just to join their, their app. I don't think that's a great model. 
I don't know if that rideshare company is still around, but I got $100 in free credit to do long extended rideshares. And it was great. And my friends got it as well. Everybody was happy. Uh, but they were trying to get people on that network, right? So questions to leave yourself with. Where can you find a network business? How can you build one if you're interested in that? But identifying businesses that have self-generated growth, meaning customers are naturally just sharing it with their friends and family. And then is that business a leader in its niche and does it have high growth? Of course, Richard leaves us with your nuts if you're investing in a business that isn't a network business in today's world. What are some other ones that are out there, you guys? I'm going to leave you with that. If you want to hear the full-length interview of Richard, it's episode number 554, Hacking the Algorithm of Business and Finding Billion-Dollar Investments. If you like what you're hearing and you want to make sure you don't miss any of these tips, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share with your friends. See you on the next episode.